0: All right. Uh, it's time to make some sense of what's happening out there. It's been a busy 24 hours in the markets. Uh, Stuart Aldcroft, Asian Fund Management Industry Consultant, is going to be joining us today. Good morning, Stuart.
1: And good morning to you, Andrew.
0: Hey, great to hear your voice. Uh, also, all the way from the United States of America is uh, Barry Wood, RTHK's International Economic Correspondent. Hey, Barry.
1: <laughs> good morning,
2: Andrew.
0: I just put a little bit of a murk in there. I didn't I didn't try not to overdo it for you. So, um, well, get- you
2: know what they say about Canadians. Oh, what's that? Well, they're Americans with manners.
0: Oh, man. We're going to get into that one later. <laughs>
2: really? Really?
1: <laughs> I thought Andrew was the denier of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, We're, there's definitely going to be off, off-air uh, convos on that
1: one.
0: <laughs> so, guys, uh, earnings. I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, it was hard picking out which ones to pick out of the news today. So many companies reporting and so many companies beating expectations, and yet the markets are down. Uh, Banks uh, kind of overshadowing everything else. Barry, you're close to the uh, the markets there. What's what's the deal?
2: Well, a lot of the earnings you mentioned came after the bell, but I think the market was focused particularly on First Republic in San Francisco. I mean, this is really an extraordinary thing. And those earnings from them, well, they weren't earnings; it was a financial report. Came even 24 hours earlier, but the depth of the decline that occurred on Tuesday for First Republic was extraordinary. You mentioned it, Andrew, it was down fifty yeah. percent. There was a stock that was worth hundred and thirty dollars and now it's worth eight dollars. It probably is not going to survive and yet there's a lot of controversy in California because this was a bank that attracted a lot of very wealthy people in the San Francisco Bay Area and they'd like to see the bank somehow survive, not be purchased by someone else. And the governor of the state of California does not want turmoil uh, to occur any more than he's already facing in his state. So I think that was why the market was down primarily. But in terms of the earnings, yes, very mixed. Certainly Google, Alphabet, very good. And by the way, let's not forget that Google, terrified of what Microsoft is doing with. Bing, its rival to Google search, is really focused all attention on what is happening at Google. They are suspending all of their massive development plans for new buildings, that's because of work from home in part, in San Jose, which is at the bottom of the Silicon Valley. So, yeah, I think that's a very good report from Google, Alphabet and certainly a fantastic report for Microsoft.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is a real reversal of trend for Microsoft in particular. They were famous, you know, it's typically it's uh, Microsoft buys it and then it just falls apart. Skype who? I mean, I I don't know how GitHub's doing for that, but I mean, (laughs) they were kind of famous for that, but it's that and the fact that Bing was kind of under an unperformer, they've kind of reversed two negative trends that Microsoft was known for in this case, and, and like you said, put Google on the back
2: foot. So, well, I think you're right, and and it really has to do with uh, this uh, uh, Chat GPT. Uh, hmm. They're ahead now in AI in putting it out to the people, and uh, and it certainly got the attention of Google and of all of the operators in the Silicon Valley. Hmm. Uh, you know, but looking,
0: I mean, so so we're hearing this good news from uh, tech where they're, they're beating, they're either matching or beating earnings in a lot of cases. But the but the but the markets are down because the. Uh, uh, you know we talked about First Republic. I mentioned in my lead that uh, Pack West lost uh, value during trading, but then they had their earnings looks like they did well in after hours trading the, the, you know lost eight percent during trading hours and now they 're up twenty percent in after trading hours. Is there a big opportunity here, Stuart Stewart, where are you looking at How are you looking at the financial sector in the u s and beyond
1: well I, I think part of the problem, Andrew is that um, we 've had um, a series of bank collapses last month. Um, SVB and uh, and Credit Suisse. And so many people are looking at First Republic and saying, is this another run on the banks? And I think the the danger is that it it could be unless unless it is arrested, which means that uh, First Republic, uh, rather than try to survive on its own, as Barry is suggesting, may need to find some support from somewhere with a big parent coming in to, to back it up. Um, but the banks are undoubtedly under an enormous amount of pressure, especially many of the uh, U.S. banks, because there are there are many U.S. banks, and many of them are in the sort of medium and small size, often in states rather than right across the. The the entire market. And so uh, I think there is a danger here that uh, we could see a a much more uh, grief in the banking sector for a little while. Um, And and clearly, of course, the stronger banks will survive and and they're the ones that uh, uh, analysts are going to be looking out for. What are the stronger banks? How are they going to be? Seem to be stronger than others, and and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, and I have to I have to let our listeners know. I think uh, while we've been on air over, over the last couple of hours, uh, there are rumors out now that uh, First Republic is turning to regulate not just the private sector, but to regulators for a potential bailout. So, Bear, Bear, I don't know if you've got any more views on that, or 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 the you know the broader financial sector.
2: No, I mean I agree with Stuart. I mean this is a problem, and the regional banks are in trouble. They've all been lumped together. But First Republic needs help. You can't lose a hundred billion dollars in deposits, and say everything is okay. I mean, it's it's this is a bank in deep distress.
0: And what about other sectors? I mean, uh, Chipotle, McDonald's. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong betting on Americans to eat poorly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fast food. Fast food is up. Other sectors are up. I mean, what other what other sectors do you guys have your eye on as, well, as potential do, opportunities? Bear in mind
1: some of those sectors depend very much on their exports and or their overseas uh, markets, and, and some of them are much bigger in overseas markets than they are in their domestic markets. So uh, it's not simply a U.S. thing in, in many instances. It's how, how are they doing elsewhere, whether it be China, India, Europe, etc., um, and uh, global companies are, are probably benefiting a little bit these days from a recovery in, 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 the, in the economic conditions in, in most places around the world.
0: Yeah, and what, what is your take on the impact broadly in the markets? I mean, European uh, bourses were down, a lot of it was the financial sector kind of, uh, you know, uh, shockwaves kind of rippling out from the United States, but where, where else can we expect to see? Uh, these earnings impacting on other markets around the world.
1: Well, the, uh, if I look at the Europe market, the the key, the key here is that inflation is still there and it's still quite high and energy prices are still quite high And but the energy prices are beginning to come down and that will benefit inflation so I think we need to see probably within the next six months we'll start to see a much better picture arise and clearly one of the aspects of securities markets generally is that they try to be a forecast of what will happen in the future. And if the securities markets begin to see the improvement in the economic conditions in Europe, that will be reflected in, in higher or better prices.
0: Mm. Barry, where else, what else do you have your eye on around, around the world?
1: Well, look, uh, this mixed
2: picture on earnings, I think, is, is significant. They're going to be worse as we go forward over the next three months. But look at what happened just in these reports on Monday, Tuesday. Procter & Gamble, very good. McDonald's, good. Visa, fantastic. GM, good. UPS, way down. FedEx is outpacing UPS. There's no doubt about that. So it's a mixed picture, Andrew. Yeah, I mean this speaks to the
0: American uh, consumer. Uh, Visa's up, uh, like you said. You know, Visa, Visa's doing very well right now, and that's a lot of that apparently is consumer-driven. People using their credit cards in the United States. Um, but UPS is usually a bellwether of e-commerce, like you said, down, shares down 10%, but FedEx is doing better. Is that is that just a case of the U.S. consumer is good generally, which is why your McDonald's and your General Motors and your Chipotle and Visa are up, and is UPS just getting beat out by FedEx, just prefer, like there's a better company? Now? Yeah, I
2: think in the case of uh, UPS versus FedEx, and of course, uh, a lot of people in Hong Kong are aware that FedEx is... Asia Hub is just north of you mm. in Guangzhou, and uh, they're expanding that. So FedEx is doing well in Asia, doing well worldwide, and UPS less so. The nuances between these two companies is rather technical and something I'm not an expert on at all. So I think uh, this is a management issue in many respects.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the, the U.S. consumer, Stuart, are you, are you kind of keeping an eye on the strength of the U.S. Uh, consumer who ultimately drive the U.S. market?
1: Uh, yes, of course, and the U.S. consumer has um, has slowed down in its spending, so that that I think probably is also what is impacting, particularly UBS, uh, UPS. Um, but I, I think Barry's right. Um, FedEx is probably doing quite well, and don't forget, DHL is doing extremely well, mm. um, and both of FedEx and uh, DHL, especially, are far more global. Than um, they're
0: competitive. Well, another uh, big consumer we keep an eye on is the Chinese consumer, and lately they are keen on BYD cars. Uh, I think you guys might have picked up on this headline that BYD has, has dethroned, according to Bloomberg, they've dethroned Volkswagen to become China's top car band. They sold more cars in Q1 than Volkswagen, and I think mm-hmm. Volkswagen was in the top spot for what, 13 years, 14 years, quite a long run. Uh, and these are all electric. Vehicles. I mean, are you are you guys tracking this? What's your take on the Chinese auto market and the Chinese consumer? Take your pick. Uh,
1: well, it's an interesting development. Uh, you know, you, you, part of the story is also that uh, Chinese. Autos are being exported around the world and, and and probably beating out some of the Japanese as well. Um, I just got back from the UK where I was um, renting a car. It was an MG from Made in China. Uh, the previous time I was in the UK, it also was an MG Made in China. So... You know, clearly what we're seeing, although MG is an old British mark, it's, it's no longer being made in the UK. So this is another example of where Chinese cars are being um, put into markets and doing it through rental companies um, gets the opportunity for people to use them and uh, test them out. And if they ever get to buy a car, then, then that, that's often the way it works. It, it used to be the case that many Fords were sold through Hertz. Um, and Hertz had a massive deal with Ford, and that supported both companies. And and clearly, the the Chinese car manufacturers might want to follow the same sort of route as as they go forward. Um, Now, the the other aspect of that is that most markets, particularly Europe, UK, are are moving very, very quickly towards having um, more electric cars on the roads than ever, but they are not following up with power stations, and this is going to be a problem in slowing down that that growth, unless they they spend much more money on uh, building um, locations where cars can get recharged. It is still a problem throughout all of Europe and the UK.
0: I mean, Tesla's been you know leading on building up power stations. I guess it's a form of vertical. Uh, vertical integration, um, yeah. but I mean, could we see the, uh, you know, the, these Chinese cars masquerading as European ones? MG, uh, yeah. Volvo made by Geely. Could we see them picking up in? Well, of course, stations? that's
1: that's what has happened. But um, uh, I, I think that uh, bear in mind that most of the cars that we're talking about are at the lower end of the market. They're at cheaper price, and and there's always going to be a demand for cars that cost less. Hmm. Okay, uh, bearing, yeah, yeah, buy, about a minute. I-
2: Well, I think, uh, you know, Japan has been slow on electric cars. They still believe in hydrogen as an alternative to uh, gasoline-powered cars, and I think that the Japanese are on the back foot. China is coming up. They're going to pass Japan in terms of being an exporter, and uh, let's not forget that Tesla, the only wholly-owned manufacturing company in China that is wholly-owned by a foreign entity, Tesla is. And they're number two after... Uh, byd in electric cars in china china accounts for something like 40 percent of all ev sales worldwide
0: wow quick note uh, byd shares are up 16 percent in hong kong this year market value 95 billion volkswagen 77 billion it's first quarter byd's first quarter results are out on thursday and so uh, that thank you very much to stuart allcroft asian fund management industry consultant uh, for joining us on the show today along with barry wood RTHK's international economic correspondent. Barry will be back.